0: Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4.23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's Word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. Hey, if you are, uh, if you're married, then you understand a little something about conflict. Um... Uh, and so that, that conflict in marriage class uh, is a beautiful way just to be in, in, in communication and in, in community with others who are, are in the same boat as you, uh, even if your marriage is the most perfect marriage of all times, um, you deal with conflict, and so uh, just a great way to to process some of that and to, to figure things out um, we don 't have all the answers, but we 'll ask a lot of questions um, so in our in our sermon series today, oh by the way i 'm Clint uh, Wiley. Um, and uh, one of the pastors here, and uh, it, it's a, just a joy to be able to to be up here and to serve um, this community and serve you guys. So we are uh, we just started Lent. How many of you guys went to the Ash Wednesday service in some way, shape, or form this last week? Um, so that begins our Lenten journey, uh, and we're we're beginning a sermon series during this season of Lent called "Questions uh, on the Journey to the Cross." And we're looking at some different questions throughout scripture that really kind of ask, uh, ask of our soul. That ask us a little bit about where we are. Uh, questions are a really powerful thing, aren't they? Questions, uh, even more than answers, can um, engage on a deeper level, right? Um, it engage, questions engage deeper thought. They engage conversation. They engage us in relationship. Questions... Uh, challenge our social norms. They challenge the ways that we think. They challenge the, the, our, our modem operandi, the, the way that we live out our lives. They challenge us more than answers oftentimes. One thing that questions really do is they reveal the root of our intentions Scripture is full of questions. All throughout, from, from Genesis to Revelation, there are questions. God is a, a question asker. Jesus, in his ministry in the Gospels, um, he asks over 300, and s- 300 questions, he, specifically 307 questions in the New Testament. And he is asked 183 questions by the Pharisees and by people around him. And he only answers three questions jesus only answers three questions in all of the gospels which speaks to the value of questions over answers this is challenging for me because i'm someone who uh, i want to have all of the answers ask my wife right Um, i want to have all of the answers i want to be right because i'm so smart Right, Because of all of my vast experience in life, uh, I have all of the answers. And even if I don't have all of the answers, uh, I've learned over time that I can, uh, can kind of weave a few things together to BS an answer uh, and get somewhere close in the, right, in the, right, category, in the right, um, right ballpark. I don't like to be the one that doesn't have an answer. Because for some reason, there's, a, there's something inside of me that says that makes me less if I don't have the answer to that question. But one of the things that I've learned over time, and I'm not great at it, I'm, I'm getting better, and, um, and uh, it's something that, that I have to be called out on, and uh, you can help keep me accountable to this, is uh, I've learned the value of, of answering a question that's asked with a question. Because that's what Jesus does. Every single time he he answers a question with a question in order to engage, in order to to get our thought going deeper and deeper and deeper. I could give just a a surface answer, but so often the greater result is, is when you can engage together. And oftentimes the answer that I would have given and the answer that we come together to is very different. Because conversation, because questions bring us closer together. Questions bring us deeper and deeper into relationship. Kids get this, right? Um, You don't have to teach a kid to ask questions. Kids just ask questions because they're trying to figure out the world, right? They're trying to figure out all of the whys, and so they ask that question all of the time. And sometimes uh, that question is challenging to us because it gets to the root of our intentions. Right? When, when my kids ask the question, when, I'm, when I tell our kids to go to bed or what, Abby and I tell our kids to go to bed um, and they ask the question, why, we usually come up with a, a, an answer, you know, like, well, it's your bedtime, but why, right? Why is that my bedtime? Well, because this, this book over here said that you have to get eight hours of sleep every night, right? And, and then the question is, well, Why? right? And eventually, the further and further you get down the road, the more and more uh, your intentions are revealed. And it's really just, mom and dad want to have some time alone without you. (laughs) So go to bed, because I said so, right? Questions, the further down the path you go, they reveal our intentions. They reveal who we are. They reveal sometimes some of our weaknesses and insufficiencies. And I think that's why the Bible asks a lot of questions, because it wants to engage us in that process. And so as we engage in this series, as we continue down this path, uh, we're going to see lots of questions each week that that may challenge the way that we think, that may challenge us as we we learn. In our text today, in Genesis chapter 3, we see the first question in Scripture. We see Satan and his desire to introduce himself as the deceiver. To draw Adam and Eve away from the presence of God. See if you can notice the questions in the craft in which the enemy asks. Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman... Did God really say you must not eat from any of the trees in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say that you must not eat from the, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or else you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. "'knowing good and evil. "'And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree "'was good for food and pleasing to the eye "'and also desirable for gaining wisdom, "'she took some of it and ate it. "'And she gave some to her husband who was with her, "'and he ate it. "'And then the eyes of both were opened, "'and they realized that they were naked, "'and so they sewed fig leaves together, "'and they made coverings for themselves.' And then the man and his wife heard the sound and, and then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord, the Lord God, who was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, "Where are you?" Notice the question. He answered, "I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid uh, so I hid. Then the man said, the woman put you here with me, and she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You see, in John 10.10, 10, we see the, the intentions of the enemy, because the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, that you may have life and life to the fullest. What the enemy is trying to do here is to draw, to draw Eve and Adam by proxy out of the presence of God. They're trying to, to turn the intentions of God to ask Adam and Eve, do you... Is God actually what he says he is? Isn't that what the enemy tries to do to us in in seasons of darkness? In times where bad things happen in our lives, the enemy tries to to, to convince you that God is not who he says he was, that God is not actually good, that God is not actually uh, for you, that God doesn't actually love you. He's trying to hold you back. He's trying to hold you back from all of the things that I want to give you. Is God really good? Are the intentions of God really for you? Does he really have your best interest in mind? Jesus responds, I have come that you may have life and life to the fullest. My intentions, my desire for you in the garden is that you may have life and life to the fullest, not to hold you back. But the enemy's desire is to convince us that you can be your own God. His, his, his goal, his desires is to convince us that, that you can just do whatever is right in your own eyes. And God's just holding you back. You see, the enemy cannot lead us into destruction as long as we are in the presence of God. As long as we are in the presence of God, the enemy cannot lead us to destruction. So his his greatest desire is to put a wedge of separation between you and God and get you to to challenge the character and the nature of God. And when we begin to challenge the character and the nature of God, when we begin to, to disbelieve that God is who he says he was and is, then Satan can lead us to destruction. But in the presence of God, We are held in his hands. God's call, I think in this text, is back into his presence. God calls you and I into his presence to draw near, to be in friendship with God, like Jeremy said this last week in his sermon. Our greatest, greatest gift is the presence of God, is friendship with God. In a moment, I'm gonna invite um, Otis up onto the stage um, and we're gonna have a conversation about uh, what's going on in Haiti. But um, this, this concept of, um, of becoming our own God, this deception that Satan desires, becoming our own God, doing whatever's right in our own eyes is not a new concept. This happened all the way through uh, scripture and in Judges 21, 25, um, in the most, maybe the darkest point in Israelite history the, um, the writer writes this thing. He says, there was no king in those days and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There was no Lord. There was no one deciding what was right and what was wrong. There was no one leading and guiding the people of God and everybody just did whatever they wanted to do. Sounds a little bit like today, doesn't it? Friends, These are the waters that the enemy calls us into, these waters of relative truths, where there is no real right way. These are the waters that we swim in today in our world, and we are called back into the presence of God. We are called to be different. We've seen the effects of this in our country, but um, globally, uh, it is a whole different ballgame. I wanna invite Otis up, um, and we're going to just have a conversation about kind of what's going on in Haiti. And um, how many of you guys are, have already packed meals uh, this morning? Beautiful, beautiful. If you haven't packed meals, uh, how many of you guys have walked through the commons this morning and seen <laughs> the chaos? Uh, if you haven't walked through the commons this morning, if you came straight in from outside, I encourage you at the end of the service to just, just walk into the commons and just see what, what's going on in there. Um, so uh, I, I said that your name is Otis. That's about it. Yeah. Um, Otis, tell us a little <laughs> bit about who you are and uh, and kind of how you got connected with uh, Mission of Hope.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, well, one of the vice presidents with Mission of Hope. I've been with them since it was a year old, and uh, so I've been with them for 24 years. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm... I'm also just a guy in here with all the answers. So just so you know, until my wife is with you me, and me both, and then man. she has all the answers, right? So you don't have to say anything. I, I'm with you, man. So yeah, I, I got connected with Mission of Hope. It goes back to 1999. Mission started in 98, so it was a year old. Uh, I was invited to come with a group of uh, church leaders from Oklahoma, and there were 11 of us. So all the other guys were invited to come and do some pastor training and whatever. And because I had a basketball past and I did some ministry through basketball camps, even as a pastor, they invited me to come and do a basketball clinic in Haiti. And I go, where's Haiti? Um, And then my next question was, um, will I be back home by Friday night football? Because my son was playing football. It's like, they said, yeah, we get back Thursday. I said, okay, I'll go and uh, so I always say be careful what you don't pray about because here I am 24 years later um, <laughs> but anyway I went and did the camp or, or the clinic and the basketball court there was a, probably not quite the size of this room with a goal on each end the school was around 400 something children they brought 300 of those children that were like first grade through sixth grade out on that court with a translator and two basketballs and it was like okay we got a problem and yeah it didn't start well so I turned it into a vacation Bible school uh, with a basketball and at the end of the day brad then approached me at dinner and said man you just need to go to work for me and i go you must really be desperate whatever but anyway <laughs> it, it it's all worked out and that's how i got connected and here i am yeah. today so, so we so. talked
0: a little bit about kind of the, the enemy kind of drawing us away from from the presence of god and um everybody kind of doing what's right in their own eyes And we've seen that here in america on some level but um tell me a little bit about how about how you've seen that in haiti
1: yeah i mean first of all i uh, clint i just as you were sharing uh I think all of us are a little guilty of probably in those moments of trying to just do it our way. Uh, I mean, I I know I have, and even as Mission of Hope as an organization, um, we've we've been guilty of that, and then we finally try to find our way back to really what God wants to do and and do it His way. Uh, But in Haiti, you obviously have a political system, just like we do here, that right now is in turmoil because they want to do it their way. There's gangs that's wanting it their way. They're, even the mission organizations in Haiti, many of them that have not succeeded, have gone in and said, we're gonna do it this way or the highway, and we're not gonna follow your culture, you're gonna be like us because we're Americans and we have the best answers, right? We know how to fix this. All the answers. And yeah, and so, it, and most of those organizations usually end up fizzling out, they don't, they don't happen. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think we're guilty and especially in missions and ministry, if we're not careful for sure. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So um, it's been a, a, just a tough season there in, in Haiti with, uh, I mean, COVID was rough on you guys. Um, and then they had some, some really significant political unrest and yeah. gangs. How have you guys um, found yourself as kind of a beacon of hope and stood in the gap for some of those vulnerable populations there?
1: Yeah, um, you know, obviously Haiti was a difficult place anyway because it was the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And then when you start adding in all the gang violence and the political unrest and the assassination of a president and all of that. Uh, but Mission of Hope from day one, and when I, when I was there on that very first trip until today, we have never changed. Our target is, is simply to bring life transformation to every man, woman, and child in that country. For to present to them opportunities to hear and see and feel the gospel. So everything we do, we we want the gospel to be front and where people can hear that and see that. And we do it through programs like education, nutrition, which you guys are a part of today, uh, medical, and then, of course, everything. We have an ag program, but everything we do, we do through the local churches in the villages, trying to keep it on track, on path, and affecting the communities with the gospel uh again giving people opportunity to hear that so
0: absolutely Uh, and i love i love what you guys do because um in second corinthians 5 uh paul calls us ministers of reconciliation and in light of of the sin of the world um, you guys have kind of stepped in that gap to to say um this is jesus and uh, we're, our goal is to point you back to Jesus, not yeah. not us as a as an organization, or us as as this white savior coming in to fix all of your your problems. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. I've I've loved watching that over the years. Um, so, what are what are some of the challenges that you face in, in Haiti, kind of to to do the, that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, since 2018 is when the political unrest kind of kicked into to high gear we haven't been able to take teams uh i've taken a few vision trips and things like that but our teams haven't been there and um and then in the last year none of us have hardly gone in uh but in light of that i just want to say our because of Brad and Vanessa's vision of of making sure that we're lifting the indigenous people to do the work, to do the ministry, to lead the organization on the ground in Haiti. We have 435 Haitian staff in the country of Haiti and over these last few years and even this past year, as crazy as it's been, they have been able to do the work and the ministry and our mission, when others were closing down, our mission was going forward. And I think because of that, there is a really cool part of this because of of our being willing to do it that way and keep that that Haitian leadership at a high level, that even with all the gang activity that's going on around us, I mean, villages are empty and they're, they're going to refuge spots where they can get away from the gang violence. The local gang, which is one of the worst gangs in the area, is literally protecting Mission of Hope. They have surrounded <laughs> That's it. Unreal. We have not had any issues whatsoever on the campus. We have a 35,000 square foot warehouse. It's full of food. Food crisis is 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 at a high level and yet none of our our campus, our equipment, our people have been bothered. And and all I can say is I think because we've presented the love of Jesus, it's just worked, and so... Otis, that
0: doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. <laughs> that literally makes no yeah. sense at all. Um, yeah, I love, I love the fact that, uh, that, that God is still working in the midst of those challenges, um, and it, I think it's a testament that, that God is the engine and not you. Yeah. Um, and if God is the engine, then those crazy things that don't make any sense can actually happen. Exactly. Um, only God can work out some kind of, some kind of a peace scenario yeah. with a, a, a gang in the And it's not in, really yeah. a deal
1: with the devil, <laughs> just so you know that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so um, for us sitting here in this room, um, we may pack a, a meal out here. But what, what are some other ways that if we wanted to take another step... Um, as a family or as an individual, what would that look like?
1: Yeah, so just to let you know, the mill pack you're doing sixty five thousand mills, and with the sixty five thousand mills, you're you're touching for the next year three hundred and twenty five children. Uh, so that's a major impact. You're impacting them with each mill gives us opportunity to share the gospel. That's impact. But your impact can continue on by sponsoring a child for $39 a month, we have 20 of these on the table. And as I'd shared in the earlier service, we'd like to see all 20 find a home here in Kingwood or Greater Houston or wherever, and uh, come by the table. This this provides, helps us to continue to provide a meal every day for the children. We have around 16,000 children in our school program, which is crazy because that day I went, there were Absolutely. 600 and something kids. Wow. Uh, And so it's grown a little bit. And over 9,000 are actually sponsored. The rest of them are not. So if you can do that, uh, man, that would be awesome. Uh, We also have some some caps like this if you want a cap. And if you're going to pack a meal, you don't have to wear a hairnet if you wear a cap. There you go. Bonus. I'm not wearing a hairnet. Bonus. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that.
0: Uh, I'd love to pray over you um, as a church and as a congregation. And then we have a, a video from from Haiti that okay. we'd like to share. So let's, uh, if you would, just extend the hand out, and we'll pray over um, Mission of Hope and, and Otis. God, we, uh, we give so much thanks for the, the work um, that Mission of Hope is doing on the ground in Haiti. Um, God, we are, our hearts are turned towards it, but oftentimes our hands are limited by reach and by distance, but um, we just give thanks for partners uh, in ministry that can go places that we can't go because of the longstanding relationships that they have in those areas. God, I pray over Otis and I pray over the leadership of Mission of Hope, God, I pray um, especially for the, the Haitian leadership, God, that you yes. would give them the tools uh, that they need to, uh, to, to be ministers of reconciliation in, in that world, um, God, that they would uh, have the wisdom and the insight um, and also, God, the endurance, God, I, this is hard work and, um, and sometimes it's so thankless and so, God, I pray that you would just give them a Holy Spirit um, endurance, um, to to stand the test of time and the test of challenges, um, so God, we just honor you and um, in, in all that you do. And you're just, in, this, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we give thanks.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you.
0: Take a look at this video.
2: Hey, Kingwood family, as we look back at 2022, it's been an incredible year of ministry. In Haiti specifically, our staff of 420 have been heroic in what they've done. In spite of mass inflation, assassination of the president, gang activity, our team has been going out every day, taking the hope of Jesus, sharing the love of Christ, and the ministries going forward. Our staff in Haiti and the Dominican Republic couldn't do it without you and your partnership. It's been amazing to see what God has done this past year. This past year, we saw 191,808 lives impacted. Over 700 people came to faith in Christ. 1,733 pastors and leaders were trained. 13,989 students were impacted through sports ministries. 16,181 students were impacted through education. 370 students attended our technical school. 121,000 students were given a daily meal. 2,384,000 meals were packed. 9,292 women participated in women's ministries. 15,547 individuals were served through medical care. It's been amazing to see what God has been able to do this past year, and we just wanna say thank you. Thank you for partnering with us, for walking with the people of Haiti and the Dominican Republic, that every man, woman, and child might have the opportunity to hear about Jesus. Thank you.
0: Amen. Amen. Hey, and if you're a student in our student ministry, uh, there is a mission trip this summer going to the Dominican Republic, which is the other side of the island uh, that Mission of Hope has um, expanded their ministry to bring groups in to do that, some of that work. And so if you're interested in that, um, reach out to Blake uh, in, uh, in this work. So as we enter into communion, um, I want to remind you um, that this is an opportunity for us to, to to recognize that as we eat from this table, not all kids are going to be eating um, today across the world and so uh, but what we can uh, hope and what we what we do is we partner with ministries that can bring this this kind of meal, uh, the meal of, of christ's love to the world and so um, as as we take of communion, be reminded that through this common element of bread that is broken for us, we are reminded of Christ's love. That God loves each and every one of us so desperately. And in the taking of the cup, we remember the sacrifice of Christ, as we come to the table, he said, this is my blood, a sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink and do this in remembrance of me. And so Holy Spirit, we ask that you would pour out your presence on these common elements of bread and cup. And would you make these things for us so much more than that? Would you make them the body of Christ redeemed by your blood? And God, would you send us out into the world so that we might proclaim the good news of the gospel and send people like Mission of Hope to proclaim that good news in the places that we can't reach. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we give thanks. Amen.